Welcome to episode 101 of the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devron. Today I am joined by both Brian Joyner and Matt Collins of Over the Monster to talk Red Sox. It's been a while since we've been with you. Uh, last episode was towards the beginning of the month, so a lot's happened since then. But, uh, gentlemen, how was your holiday season? Uh, your Thanksgiving, I should say. Relaxing. Quiet. Neither of those things, but still enjoyable. Do you guys uh, have like big family Thanksgivings or do you have like relatively quiet events? Mine's usually big, but uh, I have one of my brothers lives across the country, so he doesn't come home for Thanksgiving. And my nephew got uh, no Syndergaard disease, hand, foot, and mouth. Oh. Like, yeah, he got it like three days before Thanksgiving, so that whole family stayed away so uh, it's quiet this year was is is your cousin a child or did he get a full-blown nephew. adult version of this or no, it's my nephew he's four. nephew oh, okay okay i have like boutique thanksgivings there's usually like amongst our two families my wife and i so there's like every few years we'll rotate the holidays there's no set schedule it just sort of works out and this year my uh my mom and uh my brother and uh, my friend from college has had, uh, whose family is from very close to mine, Massachusetts. He came for the third straight year, and I beat him and everybody else in Scrabble in the one game we played. Ergo, I'm the champ. Uh, I bet you're devastatingly good at Scrabble, considering your uh, crossword uh, puzzle um, prowess. I guess I should say that that might be something people don't know about you, Brian. Would you uh, care to disclose your your crosswordness? Look, I'll just tell you a, a tiny little anecdote that'll tell you everything you need to know. Right now on my other computer, I have the New York Times spelling bee pulled up where you try to find as many words as you can out of seven letters because I'm 10 points short of getting all the letters. So <laughs> getting all the words. So I'm very excited about this. So I'm working on this right now. Uh, and, and for those of you who follow us on Twitter, which you should, um, you can always find Brian on Twitter correcting my grammar. So um, that's a thing. Uh, so let's get to the Red Sox here. Mookie Betts locked up the MVP award. Uh, no real surprise there. We kind of thought this was coming. We've been basically calling him the MVP for a while here. But it's really nice to see him finally get the award. Uh, maybe the most surprising thing, though, was Trout being a uh, extremely solid second place and with everybody else out there um, were you su- you're surprised by that a little bit because um you know the indians made the playoffs and ramirez and lindor had such ridiculously good seasons and as good as trout is i think that part of me still thought that the playoff narrative would push those two guys or possibly bregman uh at least closer to him in second place and I mean, I think they got it right, the voters, for sure, having him second. But I, I guess uh, we've we've finally turned the page from that kind of old-school narrative about the playoffs, it seems. You know what I also like to turn the page on? The idea that, like, there weren't four or five MVP seasons last year. Um, and, like, the year Rick Porcello won the Cy Young was not – like, he was good. Uh there are years like that, and then there are years like this with the AL MVP, uh, where it's just crazy. And I'll just say with the Indians, I think that if there was one player on the Indians that deserved it, I would have been – I'm not surprised that 
Trout finished second because half of my Twitter feed is perpetually at all hours of all days being like, why aren't we talking about Mike Trout? <laughs> like, well, if you are just constantly saying that, we automatically are. But he is that good. So this year was special, and it was the most special for us. So that made it even more special. Yeah, it really did. And it was kind of surprising how close uh, Trout was and all the stats and everything like that. He's just – he's ridiculously good. He's probably the best baseball player of all time. But I, I agree with you, Brian, that um, that if it was just one guy from the Indians, that that narrative would have been a little bit stronger. And uh, I second that. I mean, all years aren't created equal. That NL Cy Young race is evidence of that, right? I mean, that was – Every one of those guys probably could have won that award in a normal year. I'm sorry, Jake. You just set off the Barry Bonds gong in my head. <laughs> um, so I'm going to deal with this while Matt answers the question. I'm with you, Jake. Yeah? Try it over Bonds. Yeah. I don't know what the question see, is. Though. I can see it. Um, I just don't but like But Bonds has longevity, too. I understand the fielding, but Bonds has the longevity now. That's it. Yeah. No, I mean, it probably is Bonds. I just don't like him. Yeah. I think uh, certainly Trout is off to the better start. So uh, take that for what it's worth. But, you know, it's going to be a treat watching both of these guys. And Mookie uh, has positioned himself in that conversation with Trout. And I think it's a little bit of a false conversation. Like none of us would actually take Mookie over Trout if we were starting a team. But it's kind of cool to at least have him there. Uh, Jake, I think Bonds had as many MVPs, if not more, than Trout. I'm just through this point? Yes. Maybe not as many wins above replacement, right. but MVPs. Yeah, I mean, I think Trout, I think most of us would agree Trout probably should have more than two MVPs by now, but He's it is what it is. He's worse than second, I don't believe. Uh, he finished fourth last year. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, we time, say but... this, Yeah. we say this, and I understand it, but, like, we don't retroactively, I mean, we do and just move on. Like with pool holes, the whole thing was like, God, he doesn't win as many as he should have because of bonds. We all know that. And it doesn't really depend on pool. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it affects Trout at all. Not his legacy or anything. If he retired today, he'd be first ballot, right? Trout? Yeah. I mean, he should be. I don't know that he would be. It depends on why he retired. If he retired to go into the Army, yes. If he retired... You know what? I'm not going to do politics on this, but I already <laughs> did, but I'm not going to do any more. What if What if he retired to be a shrimp boat captain in Biloxi, Mississippi? I don't like this question. Bill Simmons would talk about how he really had a gambling problem and David Stern was involved. That's Truthfully, I don't even know if Biloxi's on a river, but, uh, you know, just, just going with that. Um, all right, let's move on before we get out of the – I don't know what just happened. Uh, <laughs> Steve Pierce re-signed with the team since we last talked. Uh, I love this deal. It's a one-year, $6.25 million contract. Uh, the Steve Pierce, I love you, stay in Boston contract. It's pretty much the same money-ish. Uh, I think it's almost exactly the same money that Mitch Moreland is getting next year. Might be $0.25 million less. Um but this is awesome. The platoon is back in place. Steve Pierce, the Yankee killer, gets to stay. Um, what do you guys think about this deal? It's perfect. Yeah, Absolutely I thought, what they needed. I thought that this was going to happen, Jake. You seemed like he was seemed to feel like he was going to get more money. 
Um, and I always sort of thought this was going to happen just on the idea that, like, the guy has played everywhere and been a nobody. He can get paid the same thing. He can get paid anywhere else. And for a year, just li- – I mean, more than a year, like the rest of his life. But in, I mean, for this year, he can just live in being – a legend which will only last as long as he has enough big hits. But I can see why he'd want to stay here. It's like the party's still going, of course. Yeah, I agree with you, Brian. I uh, I think that, you know, part of this just might be the fact that the guy's sick of moving. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't blame him. He's a legend. He's 36 years old. He's a legend in this city right now. I mean, what he did in that four-game set against the Yankees in August and then what he did in the playoffs, uh, yeah, he's gold here. And this I mean, you see is... how they drag out all the 2004 players for absolutely everything? Oh, sure. I mean, right. that's he's Brock like, Holt's I want that. Life, right? I want you to... You're going to... I'm going to come here and play another year, so so no one forgets when you make the calls to have the teams act. I'm on that list. I feel like that's what this country. Well, I don't think he would ever not be on that list. I mean, he won the MVP. Oh, yeah, he did win the MVP. I forgot he won the MVP. Holtz is very vocal about wanting to be on that list of guys who comes back forever. Holt is on that list. Yeah. I don't think we need to worry about that. Yeah. Um, Pierce, my concern was never – so much about him getting more money. I thought he might want a bigger role. Um, but I mean, all the reasons you're saying, I can see why he would take those things over this. Cause he, I mean, he's not an everyday player here. I think he could have gotten more at bat somewhere else. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it's a nice platoon. I mean, the, the platoon is going to be a little less than 13 million, uh, together. Um, and that's, I don't a, think it'll be a straight platoon either. It's a pretty effective, duo though for yeah, for, for that sure. money so I, I think it's good for the team and then you know moreover the team can look for a longer term solution next year when both of these guys expire so it's kind of it's kind of perfect their contracts expire i don't know that's what i was thinking no <laughs> i don't i don't think anybody listening out there is like oh yeah when these guys die <laughs> Except for Matt and I, who are just terrified. (laughs) All right, so another extension is uh, Alex Cora. He gets another year on his contract and more money. Uh, Damn it, he deserves it, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, obviously. Um, He was was one of the lowest paid managers in baseball last year, just because it was his first year, obviously. So uh, we don't get exact terms on manager contracts which i always found kind of weird but it's besides the point um but he's definitely going to be a lot higher on that list now and the extra year of security is obviously great so as long as alex cora wants to be here the red sox are gonna let that happen that's awesome i'm with it brian how, how do you feel about it get rid of him bring back Farrell. <laughs> bring back bobby v Farrell. Farrell was Farrell was unfair, unfairly maligned. I don't know if I actually believe that. Um, I kind of do. He obviously, like, your job is to not have the players hate you. And mm-hmm. they kind of they didn't like it. Who's John Farrell again? Um, he's, he's an analyst. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally forgot about him. 
so let's get to Red Sox Rule 5 draft protection. Uh, Red Sox added a bunch of guys to their 40-man roster, um, and four of them were guys we expected to be added and we talked about last time. Uh, the guys that they added were Travis Lakins, Darwins and Hernandez, Josh Taylor, Michael Chavis. These are the guys we expected. And then Denny Reyes, who hasn't pitched above a ball, was added to their 40-man roster as well. Uh, all of these guys are now protected from the Rule 5 draft. One notable omission here was Josh Akami. So, uh, Matt, I'll go to you first on this. Um, what surprised you most about this, if anything? Uh, I mean, I think it has to be Reyes. Um, I mean, I get it. He was incredible last year. Um, trying to bring up the numbers. But uh, yeah, let's see. He had a 1.97 ERA between A ball and high A. Uh, he's 22. He's got. See, people, I don't know. I don't think his stuff, his profile is that great, but I guess it's easier to stash um, like a long reliever on a bad team through the year on an active roster than it is someone like Akami. So I guess that's why they did it. I don't. I still don't really love it just because now they're burning an option year in a year where he has no chance to make the majors. So um, I get why they did it. They If they really like him, then you have to do whatever you can to keep him on the roster. But I'm just not sure um, he's good enough that he merits it. But at the same time, not protecting Akami, I, the more I think about it, the more I think that a team's not going to be able to keep him on their active roster all year. So I kind of get that. Um, I do like Akami, and I think he will get taken. But by May, I think he'll be in the Red Sox organization one way or another. Yeah, I, I don't think he's ready for the show, Akami. I mean, he he had an okay year last year. Between double A and triple A, he batted 245, 356, 455 uh, with 20 home runs, which it's not bad. Uh, it's just he's not he doesn't strike me as a guy who's ready to do damage at this point. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gets, get it, Jake. I get it. I like the joke. He gets killed by lefties. And uh, he's not good defensively. So it's all on the bat and basically just him crushing righties. And I agree with you. I don't think he's there yet. And especially with bullpens getting bigger and bigger and benches getting smaller, it's really hard to kind of hide that guy in your bench all year. Yeah, sure is. Uh, I wasn't as shocked about Akami because when, when we were making our lists for last time, I remember not including him on mine just because I wasn't sure what they thought of him after these couple of years. Um, but I guess I was pretty shocked about Reyes. I first of all I didn't even realize he was up for that he was Rule Five eligible, and second of all, like you said, I mean the fact that he's so far away from the majors at this point, I didn't really even consider that somebody would kind of take a risk on him. Those guys get taken every year, though. I mean, those. I don't. He doesn't really feel like the kind of guy. Like he's not like a big stuff where you can just put him in the bullpen and see what happens for a year before sending him back to the majors. But um, there are there is usually like a one or two guys taken out of high eight that a team just takes a chance on. So 
like I said, I get where they're coming from. He's done nothing but put up numbers since getting into the organization. It's just the scouts don't really love him. And I've never seen him, so I don't really – I can't really say speak too much to that. Yeah, this year between two teams, he pitched 155.2 innings, 145 strikeouts, uh, held opponents to a 210 average. And 19 had, walks. Had a 1.97 ERA and a 0.91 whip. So, yeah, the the walks – being as few as they are, are that's crazy impressive uh, to me. He's also six four, uh, so he's he's, he's a got big some guy, two thirty two. Yeah, so he's he's interesting. He's definitely interesting. Even as a bullpen arm, you could see him being a late inning guy potentially. Yeah, possibly. Like I said, I haven't seen him, so I don't really know um, what his stuff really looks like in person. Let's let's talk through a few of these other guys though. Lakins is obviously going to be an option for the bullpen as soon as next year. Darwinson Hernandez has been absolutely tearing it up in the AFL, which is now over. Uh, Josh Taylor was also in the AFL, and Michael Chavis, uh, pretty much the consensus top prospect for the Red Sox, unless you're Alex Spear, um, has been pretty good since the PED suspension has been up, but. Uh, Chavis did deal with a wrist issue that kept him out of the AFL this year. Yeah, the injuries are starting to pile up for Chavis. It's getting kind of concerning. But um, whenever he's been on the field for the last couple of years, he's been electric. So I'm still pretty high on him, but I'm scared of the injuries for sure. Well, we got a question from a listener named Zod, and he says, any updates since the AFL departure and level of concern on Chavis? So let's tackle that now. Um, Matt, first of all, have you heard anything about him since he left the AFL, and what is your level of concern with him? I mean, has he earned the oft-injured label for you at this point? Uh, well, I haven't heard anything, just to start there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got the injury-prone label. It doesn't mean, like, toss him aside or anything. Like I said, the guy's done nothing but hit when he has one on the field. But um, especially hand injuries and things like that, you just – they add up fast, and you start missing time, especially if this is an important stage of his development. Um, it's definitely something to worry about. If he comes into spring training and he doesn't make it through completely healthy, then I'll be extremely concerned, but right now I'm mildly concerned. Brian, do you have any thoughts on Chavis? Uh, nope. I want him to be good, um, but not more than you guys. <laughs> um, any of these other guys you want to touch on? Lakins, Darwinson, Josh Taylor? Uh, Hernandez is easily the most exciting out of those guys. Um, I still know people that think he's going to be a starter and a solid like number three, four, or five starter. Um, but the consensus seems to be moving that he's going to be a late-inning reliever. And if that's the direction they go with him, he's going to be up probably. I mean, if everything goes well this year, he's going to be up in July, August. He's that good. Yeah, so just to give people an idea, in uh, the AFL, uh, he struck out something ridiculous, like 13 batters in the first six innings or something like that that he threw. Do you have the exact numbers on that, Matt? Because I remember reading those numbers and being kind of shocked by it. I have his overall numbers. Okay. Um, twenty. I struck out twenty-four and eleven and a third. Um, 
I don't know if they have. Yeah, I mean, if you give me a couple minutes, I can probably find it. But yeah, but it, it, the the thing was like his first three outings, he pretty much went out there and struck out everybody he faced. It was yeah. I mean, it's, it's his crazy. stuff is it's the real deal. Yeah. Um, like he's like I said, I hope I kind of want him to stay a starter, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Here we go. Uh, uh, his first two outings, four innings, uh, two hits, a walk, and of the twelve outs he recorded, eleven were strikeouts. <laughs> that's yeah, okay. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, so what's his repertoire like for people that aren't familiar with Darwinson? Uh, he's fastball slider mostly. Maybe it's a curveball. I think I know he's a gonna slider. pick fastball. Yeah, I think he might have changed to a slider this year, um, but I, I mean his big pitch is the fastball. He's a he's a lefty first of all, a big lefty, and uh, he can get up, and especially in shorter stints, he can get up like ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, and whatever his breaking ball is, it has the potential to be better than average. It'll probably settle in around average, but um, from the left side, if you have those two things working for you and you have decent command, which is his biggest question mark, but he's definitely shown flashes. Uh, I mean, that's a high leverage reliever for sure. Yeah, I, I see him as more of a reliever than a starter too. Um, I see him as having potentially closer level stuff. Could be. I don't know if I would put the money on that, um, but I mean, he's got that potential. Lakins. Lakins is an interesting guy, especially with the fact that. Um, both Kelly and Kimbrell are up uh, for uh, contract this year, so they're free agents. They may not be back with the team. Do you think Lakins has a chance at breaking camp with the Red Sox? No. Um, I think they're going to acquire enough arms that they're not going to rush him like that. Um, I mean, we've seen them for years now. They just hoard as much depth as possible at the beginning of the year. So pretty much anyone with options, and that's not like an established reliever, uh, they're going to start in the minors. So Lakins will be a zombie pointer. Oh, God. Sorry. (laughs) I thought that was a real sneeze at first. You scared the shit out of me. I often sneeze with Bobby Pointer. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I don't even know what I was saying. Uh, Uh, Yeah, Lakins is going to be in the majors at some point, but not to start the year. That would be my guess. I wouldn't be surprised if he was there by May. Could be. I mean, it depends what it's. We have to see what the roster looks like. It depends how guys are performing. But um, if guys aren't performing well, that would definitely be an option. Depends how many saves uh, Adam Ottavino and Bobby Pointer have between them at that point. I suppose. Sure. Good thing. <laughs> uh, Red Sox also made a few other transactions. Jake, would you be happier? Yeah. With the Red Sox repeating mm-hmm. as world champions. Or they sign Adam Adovino. Uh Slight Edge repeating his champions. Slight oh, Edge, yeah. okay. Yeah. It's, uh, you like, but here's the thing is I think you like Adam Adovino a lot as a baseball player. I do, I do. I, I like the way that he throws <laughs> that thing. It's, yeah. it's very enticing. He, I he recommend everybody watch uh, some YouTube clips of uh, Adam Adovino. You won't be disappointed. Make sure they're labeled 2018, though, because that's uh, that's his best vintage. 
Um, so Red Sox also outrighted Austin Maddox to AAA. Uh, William Cuevas has signed with a KBO team over in Korea. Um, and the Red Sox traded Esteban Quiros to the Padres for Colton Brewer, who was who was on the 40-man roster as well. So the 40-man's now got 39 players on it. Uh, before we tackle Quiros in this trade, any thoughts on the Austin Maddox-William Cuevas moves? Uh, Maddox, I was surprised at first, but I forgot that he had surgery at the end of the year. So he's going to miss pretty much all of next year, so that makes sense. That was a yeah. shoulder, right? Mm, I don't know. Why don't you have to ask me that? I don't know. That sounds right. I think it was a so shoulder. So we'll say it. Rotator cuffs. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Cuevas, that's just the team being nice to a guy that probably didn't really have much of a role anyways. So he had a chance to sign somewhere overseas. They let him do it. So I hope he does well there. Although I feel like pitchers don't really do too well over there. I don't know how much I like the idea that if you want to go play overseas, you have like your Red Sox go play overseas. I mean, they don't have to let you, but what do you mean? They don't. What I what my point is like, I don't like that they can even stop you. Oh well, I mean, he's got a contract. Yeah. Law. I, mean, I agree with you. What is what is the law, Matt? I'll say this: pretty much, if you're um, at a, in a position where you're signing in Korea or Japan or something, a team's probably going to let you do it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, Cuevas will be missed. Uh, he had that many, uh, Jake, many I'm pretty out. sure it's just Cuevas. I'm pretty sure. I'm not saying I'm positive, but I think it's just Cuevas. Cuevas, okay. Uh, I knew, I've known I've known Cuevas. <laughs> the plural of I knew you would like that. Yeah, Quavises, Quavises. Um, so how many pitches did he throw in that one outing this year? It was like eighty something, right? Quavis. That one outing in relief. I, I'm asking you all these number figures. Yeah, I'm sorry, like, Matt. Yeah, let me just go through my <laughs> notebook of every, literally every single thing that happened this year. I want to say he threw 89 pitches in relief. He threw 93 pitches. 93. Okay. Against Cleveland. I don't remember this game, but you know, baseball reference. This he's yet another guy this year who had like so many guys just had their moment in the sun, um, like Brandon Phillips, um, like one long relief appearance you know it was uh it was just like the perfect god it ruled yeah there were so many weird little things that happened it was glorious so let's get on to talking about kiros in the trade and second base depth um first of all i will say i don't like the move of trading kiros for uh colton brewer who i just don't think is anything special i'm sure that there's some reason why they like him I'm not saying he's a bad pitcher. I just don't see much impact there. Um, first of all, why I like Quiroz, he plays second base. Uh, by all accounts, his defense is pretty much average-ish uh, there. He's a little bit on the older side. He's in his late 20s. Um, but he hits the ball. Every single place he goes, he hits. He hit in the AFL. And most of all, I think that the, the second base depth is pretty shallow right now. Um, and we'll go through that in just a minute. But what was your reaction to the trade, guys, when you heard that this went down? I mean, for me, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. All right. I mean, for me, 
the thing with it is I figured that I'm not surprised simply because I thought he definitely hit well enough. And look, he came from the Mexican league. He wasn't learning to play. You know, he knows how to, he's older. He knows how to play. Um, I was very curious that they never gave him a shot this year with all the problems they had at second base, simply because he was hurt all year. Okay, but I mean, he still hit. But uh, maybe I'm equally uh, curious about the trade, but I would guess that they feel like maybe they can scoot by with. You know, they just picked up Kinsler, you know, they just, just get him and just maybe they feel like they can sort of just punt at that position. Maybe Kuros turns out to be great. Like, he seems like a really cool player. He's like a Altuve size, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's why when you said we're going to tackle the Esteban Kuros situation, we're going we're gonna to tackle Esteban Kuros if we could. Um, so... Uh, I'm not thrilled with it in principle, but they just won 108 games and kicked everyone's ass in the World Series, so I don't care that one. I don't mind it. Um, I'm not as worried about second base as most people seem to be. Um, Matt gets the second base, guys. (laughs) Sure. Um, I thought I liked Kuros a lot until I heard a lot of other people talking about this trade, and now I don't think I like Kuros that much, at least relative to other people. Um, I think the Red Sox have enough guys that could be Esteban Kuros. And if I'm going to hoard depth, especially with the Red Sox roster, give me all of the relievers you can find. So... Wait, Give me wait. all the bacon and eggs you have. Yes, exactly. I, I gotta back you um, up no. here a second. What what have you heard about Kuros? What do you mean? You just said after you were a fan, and then you heard people oh, talking no, I mean, after the trade, and now you're not a fan. What what no, changed? No, no, your no. Mind? I mean, like I heard how much other people liked him, and now I guess I don't like him as much as I thought. Just oh, like you're a hipster fan. Oh. You're a hipster fan. Uh, I like him the same amount as I always did. I just people like him more than I thought they did. I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. I, probably... I think people just like looking at numbers, and uh, his numbers are very good. Like, yeah. they're very good. I mean, he played in 32 games this year, and eight of them were in rookie ball. I don't really care too much about his numbers this year. He did very well in the AFL, too, when he got rolling. Yeah, but everybody does well in the AFL. The AFL is a hitter's league. Um, I mean, look, I think he's fine. I think he's probably a bench player. I don't think he really moves the needle. If the Red Sox are having trouble at second base, I don't think Estefan Kuros is going to be inserted in there and everything's going to be solved. Well, he's not on the team anymore, so probably not. Yeah, well, that's true. Definitely but not. I mean, Any thoughts I, on Brewer, though? I mean, what, do you, what are I your thoughts on him? I don't really have many. I haven't really looked into him too much because this happened, uh, I think this happened pretty shortly before Thanksgiving. Yeah, and, it was uh, early week. Yep. So that I haven't really done anything with him, so I don't know. But he's a right-hander reliever, and like I said, just stash a bunch of those. You throw enough of them against the wall, some of them are going to stick. Yeah, so, I mean, I get what you're saying. I get where you're at, both of you guys. I think I'm more in the – obviously, I'm more in the Brian camp. Uh, but this is where we uh, – Sorry, Jake, say that again? 
Yeah, you know, no, I'm not gonna. Uh, just uh, let's ignore that part. Uh, yeah, Brian and hey, I producer. agree. Hey, producer, so flip that. Producer. Oh, wait, Jake is the producer. <laughs> uh, so here's the depth that the Red Sox have. They have Dustin Pedroia, who's presumably going to be back. Uh, I don't want to presume that, though, based on how things have gone for him. Brock Holt, when you presume, you make a prez out of you and me. Yes, and I don't feel like a prez right now. Uh, Eduardo Nunez, and uh, my note next to him is gross. I don't want to see him at second base, please. No. Uh, Marco Hernandez, who is coming back from shoulder surgery, and I have no idea what you're going to get out of him. Suwei Lin, who can play the position but is a natural shortstop and doesn't have that much of a bat. And then the sneaky option is Michael Chavis, um, who hasn't played at second base, um, but is reportedly potentially going to get some reps there. And uh, it could be a place... If the team thinks he can slide over and play at that position, where he could break in. But I think the first guy I want to talk about is Dustin Pedroia. So uh, I can't believe you forgot someone. Who did I forget? Your boy. Bobby Pointer. Sorry. It's my yeah, Blake. Um, yeah, I guess Blake's an option. I just, I guess I'm not sure if they're gonna keep him with what's going on with the catcher position. But I, I suppose that he could be an option there as well. Yeah, I don't think he's more than an emergency. I was just kind of surprised he wasn't on your list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, hold on. Blaze Swihart's on his list. Don't, <laughs> don't get it twisted. Yeah, just not on this particular list. But I want to talk about Pedroia real quick because uh, I'm on another podcast as well uh, for, um, that I do for fantasy sometimes. And we had on a doctor uh, last week who was talking about some injuries – and uh, Dr. Mike filled us in on the type of surgery that Pedroia Dr. Mike. had. Dr. Mike. Um, and No disrespect to Dr. Mike, but I don't trust a doctor who goes by his first name. <laughs> um, and he was basically saying that he doesn't feel as though, from everything that all the setbacks he's had and the nature of the surgery and all that, that uh, he's ever going to be anything more than a part-time player at this point. And he thinks that the best option for Pedroia would probably be to retire. Um, and he gave a myriad of reasons uh, why. And if you want to listen to that, just you know, shoot me a message on Facebook or whatever, and I'll tweet out the link. Um, hey, Jake, can I yeah. give you a message on Twitter in real time? Yeah. He would give a litany of reasons or give myriad reasons. Oh. But he would not give a myriad of reasons. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Um, so Just anyhow, so we're clean. Thanks, Brian. Um, yes, yes. I, well, you, you know, you brought it up. <laughs> uh, so Pedroia here, um, he gave a, a bunch of compelling reasons why he probably isn't going to be Pedroia anymore, and he had me afraid. Uh, and essentially, well, I am worried that Pedroia isn't going to be back, and if he's not, the 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 best solution is not using Brock Holt or Eduardo Nunez in that role because we know how valuable they are as bench pieces, and that's where they fit best. So what happens here if Pedroia doesn't work out? Like, What do you mean not work out? I don't know. Like you say he might be a part-time player. I think that's perfect. I think Pedroia and Holt splitting time at second base is ideal. But what if I don't think effective? Pedroia expects to be like – as much as he's 
Dustin Pedroia through and through, you know, uh, I think that he can't expect his. No, I mean, Cora is going to talk him down if he does expect it. He just watched, you know, he he's he's not an idiot. He's a huge baseball nerd. He just watched what happened, uh, what happened. Uh, his role doesn't need to be what his role was in the past for them to be historically great. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like that's a good thing for the Red Sox. So I like it. See, I, I think that Pedroia, if he gets told that he's going to be a part-time player and plays part-time and isn't Dustin Pedroia like he used to be, if he can't get to balls, if it affects his swing. I'm not worried about his defense at all. I, I think that he would rather not play than play at a reduced I role. I'm, not, I'm just not sure that Dustin Pedroia is long for the league at this point. And we, got a, we did get a question on this from Will Wickwist. Uh, and we got one from Glass. Uh, Will asks, what should the Red Sox do at second base? Pedroia may never be the same again. I agree. Nunez is a defensive liability. I agree. Holt shouldn't play full time. I agree. Lynn is unproven. So, I agree. Chavis is at third base so far. And then Glass Notice asks us, what does PD's future realistically look like? Does he play or retire? So, people, okay. Give me your you take, keep man. throwing out. You keep throwing out that Pedroia is not going to be the same. I don't know what that means. Like, give me, like, what do you think he's going to be? I think he's not going to hit like he used to hit. That's like not it. Like, so what do you, like, give me an OPS plus. What do you think? Uh, 105? I would take that in a half a heartbeat. But I don't. I was think, gonna go under that. I don't think that his defense is gonna be what it was. Uh, I disagree. With that. I mean, it's not gonna be. He's he might not be the best second baseman in baseball anymore. But I mean, if he can be average at second base. You saw it, water in the Yeah, I like. You if he's average is. at both spots and he plays like a hundred to a hundred and fifteen games, that that's pretty much what I'm expecting, and that's perfect. His knee is bone on bone, though. I don't know how you can expect him to play defense like he used to, or even a semblance of that. I, I don't know. I don't. I'm, I don't know about the body that much. I know that they are very confident that he is going to be their most prominent second baseman. Um, and like I said, I'm thrilled about the idea of a Pedroia hold mixture at second base. I think that's perfect. So then what does that do to your bench, though, if Holt is playing a significant time at second base? That's what he's supposed to do. Okay, so you just think that's... that you're actively using your bench more than other teams would at that point. You're just giving more at-bats to, to Holt. I mean, Holt, that's how many at-bats Holt always gets. He got 367 uh, this past year, 324. He was hurt. 2017, I don't count because he was hurt. 2016, 324, 2015, 509, 2014, 492. The whole point of having like the super utility guy that can play all over the place is that you play him a lot. That's what I mean. I want Holt around 350 to 400 plate appearances. Should Just ask James content, White. Should the team be content with this, though, at second base? Like, essentially, an average second baseman. Yeah. I, I just, they don't, they have to spend resources other places and if like your biggest concern is that you're average somewhere i 
I'm not too worried about it. Okay. Do you guys think he finishes out his contract, Pedroia? I don't know how long it is. I believe it goes through 2021, but I will look that up right now. Yeah, it does. Uh, so so here, here's my question. I guess my, my bigger question, Jake, is this. You're saying, like, can they afford to do all this? Like, we saw them do what they did, which I think is relevant. I'm not doing this to, like, actually. I know for once. But um, they don't – they clearly, while they should try to be the best at every position, do not need to be. Um, so there's always triaging going on here, uh, especially – I think this applies more – I actually think it applies both cases to the whole second base, Kiros and Pedroia. I feel like along with Ketcher, and we'll see what they do there, but they're going to muddle through either way no matter what they do, you know. They're not getting 2003 Joe Maurer. Um, so I uh, I think they just have positions where they're effectively streaming to use. I don't know, Jake, if you're familiar with fantasy sports. But that's kind of sports. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't have a problem with – the situation at second base if it is league average because i think the situation at catcher is the one that is below league average um so i think that it's fine if you're league average at one place I'm, i guess i'm just not sure if pedroia is going to be able to give you much time at all i think matt is right that the best case scenario for him would be if he's an effective part-time player but I guess my confidence level is less than it was before. I mean, I was optimistic with this surgery. This this was going to prolong his career through well, that's the, the weird thing. contract. And now I'm less optimistic the more I've learned about what I was, procedure it was. I was really pessimistic this year. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid after the World Series. I don't know. But I'm yeah, we flipped weirdly places. confident. Yeah, I'm weirdly confident of Pedroia this year. Um, I don't know. So Yo, give me some of that Kool-Aid. You think he's going to make it through 2021? No. Do you, Brian? No. Do you think? This I think is next year, year is his last. I think next. Yeah, I think it'll. I, think I don't think it sets out. I don't know. I just feel like it, it seems like it wouldn't set out to be his uh, last year, but would end up being it just by um, just because that's his body can't take it. I think I guess I'll say his last year. I guess my last thing is I I wouldn't really be surprised by anything in 2019 from Pedroia. I think anything could happen. Resurgence? I mean, that's right, the, the, um... I mean, not like prime Pedroia, but I mean like 20, like 2016 would probably be the peak. I wouldn't expect it, but I mean it wouldn't be like totally shocking. Um, but I would be shocked by that. I don't know. I. I, I think games, what happens I... is we, we lock into these narratives and like he could, and it's, of course, that's what we do. We talk about sports, but like if he has a good first week. It's going to be like, oh my God, is he back? It's just going to boil then it's, I'm, I think Matt, I might agree with Jake here. I think he's asking a longer haul question. I don't know. Cause he will be able to look good for periods of time. That is not the question. Just think the question is how long he can physically do it. And that was always the question with him because he's a tiny little man. But um, 
I'm with you, Jake. I think that he, he uh, so Matt, you just say one more year. You say that like, I think he'll be fine next year. And then 2020, he's going to like a month and a half into the season. He's going to be like, yeah, this is my last year. I hear it. I, I see that. All right. It's going to be interesting. I see both. I see either one happening. So definitely going to be something to watch as the spring approaches. Uh, I want to talk about catcher now. I wrote up a uh, Jake. The spring is spring is not anywhere close. Don't tease me like that. <laughs> no, me. Yeah, they got six inches of snow like ten minutes away from me today. So. Did you not get any snow? I got all rain. It was fantastic. That is nice. All right, so catcher. Uh, I wrote an off-season piece on Yes Money Grandal as a free agent possibility for the Red Sox yesterday. Um, I think that he's a great fit for the team. Um, I'm wondering what you guys think about this, because catcher is one of the positions we've been asked a lot about. Dirty Water Rants asked us, catchers who stays and who goes. Steven Nichols asked us, they can't keep three catchers on the 25-man. You know, who do they keep, essentially? Um, what do you guys think? Do you think they do pursue someone like a Grand Doll? Or do they stick with this trio? And if they do stick with this trio, who are the two that they go with? I know that we've kind of changed our opinions a little bit on this as the week's gone on. I want to know where you guys are at with that right now. Uh, Matt, we'll go with you first. I think they're sticking with what they got. Um, I just think, as much as I would love to see the Red Sox just like spend all of the money and trade all of the prospects and just like keep going for it. I think they're going to kind of pull in the reins a little bit this year and they need at least one, probably two relievers and they need another starter. So between those three things, I don't think they're going to have anything left over for catcher. And I think they are going to be fine with kind of be bad at catcher, but still having the defense um i mean obviously they keep two at least one of vasquez and leon's going to be there so i think it's going to be vasquez and swihart but any combination i think has pros and cons and i wouldn't really be surprised with any of them yeah you wrote a off-season piece about leon um and you kind of came to that conclusion why is it that you think leon's going to be the odd man out because he can't pretty much um, there's there's being bad at hitting and then there's what Leon was last year um, and obviously the Red Sox were incredible last year and it didn't really matter but everything went right for them in 2018 and most seasons you can't really survive with having a regular hitting like that so I think they like Vasquez a lot and I kind of think that they are going to stick with Swihart although again it wouldn't really surprise me if they traded one of those guys instead brian where are you at with this i uh am, i tend to agree with matt that um leon is the definitely the odd man out uh but i tend to agree with you the Grand Doll is an especially attractive target, not least of which because I mentioned it on the Fantasy League message board. We were all in, and I was the first person to say, and don't go to the Red Sox. Why are you stealing my shit? Um, <laughs> no, but I, 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 think he, I, think he's a, I think he's a great fit. 
Yeah. I think he's a great fit too. I just don't think they're going to do it. It's it's really intriguing uh, specifically because Grandal is such a good framer. He's a good defender. He's been one of the top five defenders in baseball over the last few years. He gets on base, and offensively, he's just worlds better uh, than any of the options they have. So he could really lengthen their lineup, and they wouldn't lose that elite defense that they've been getting. In fact, he's a better defender than either of those guys. Uh, I think the most interesting thing here is what is being projected for him uh, in the offseason. So uh, Fangraphs does a good projection series for contracts, and they fan source it and then they have uh kylie mcdaniel who used to work at the atlanta braves organization do his predictions and he predicts three years 13 million 39 million dollar contract for grand doll which i think would be an absolute i think he's bargain. gonna get more than that i think he's gonna get more than that too um one of the people i compared him to in the article was brian mccann uh because they both hit free agency in the same uh, year entering their age 30 season and brian mccann was slightly better uh, over the three years before that, before entering free agency. But Grandal was the better defensive player, and they're comparable uh, offensively. So even if he ends up getting something like 45 or $50 million, I think, you I think he's going to get another bargain. year. You think he'll get I'd a four-year? Su- yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if he only got three years. I would feel comfortable paying him in year 30, 31, 32, 33. Yeah, Um I would too. It really comes down to whether or not they're going to be willing to blow by that upper luxury tax threshold again. I'm not sure they are going to be, although I hope they are. Uh, right now, they are, by my calculations, 21 million below. So that doesn't really leave them a lot of wiggle room, which is why I don't think they're going to do it. See, I go the opposite way on that. I think because they are so close and because they have so much to do with the two relievers and the starter, I think they're going to completely blow by it, and I think that they're not going to care about signing Grandal, especially because next year they have a bunch of guys expiring. Contracts, I should say. Expiring. Yeah, but, I mean, they're going to want to re-up some of them, and that's going to cost money. Sure, but, like, Pablo's off the books next year. Yeah. That's a big chunk. It is. I guess. Ah! Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. If they do blow by it, I could see it, but I don't think they're going to blow by it. I just. I, they they can make trades to fill those spots for like, with like cheaper guys and they have to go in free agency. There are ways to fill those holes without um, going over the threshold. I sort of agree with you, Matt, but. Um... And I definitely agree with you if your theory is that they are going to really focus on the bullpen and building it up. Because I think that it's not which specific areas that they were so, quote-unquote, streaming. Um, they don't, they're not going to address all of them. They're going to address some. The others they're going to do sort of training fire. Uh-huh. So I can definitely – if they do the bullpen, I could see them not doing catcher. And obviously the catcher, I could see, you know, different permutations happening. But um, I just don't – I mean, I, I you think somebody's going to pay up for Yasmani Grandel? Yeah. Catcher I, is death around the league. 
I mean, you say that, but the Dodgers wouldn't even play him half the time, and the home fans were booing him. I mean, yeah, he he had like the yips. I don't know how much. Yeah, that's not like the most attractive thing in a contract negotiation. No, but like, so if Gary Sanchez went up for trade, I know it's not a perfect comparison, but he had the past fall issues too. Like, I don't think teams are shying away with that because no, of this. there's a difference between being bad and the yips. There's a huge difference. Like, Gary Sanchez can hit. Um, and he's bad at catching. And he doesn't catch that much. But maybe he can learn and maybe he can't. But the Ips is just a whole... Like, I would hope a team would be able to deal with it. But they would have to be willing to. I, all I'm saying is that, like, especially given the way contracts... Um, are you know they were very stingy with contracts. Yeah, that's Over true. Over the winter, I, I don't know that that's that he's like guaranteed to have. It. That's a fair point. I don't really know what's going to happen to any with anybody at this point. Yeah, that's the thing with him entering age thirty. It's just a little bit up in the year how much he's going to get. And when I saw Kylie's projection for him, I was kind of shocked at how low that was, considering McCann got five and eighty-five with very similar numbers at almost the same age. So. Um, the market's way different now, so we're going to see. But three other guys. But Jake, so, Jake, I just want to say one thing. In your yeah. rundown that we saw before the show and the audience doesn't have access to because we are special and they are not, um, is uh, you wrote Kylie prediction, and I was like, what is a Kylie prediction? Because I thought we were predicting something for somebody named Kylie, and uh, now I understand. Yeah, we were predicting what Kylie McDaniel was going to have for dinner. Uh, yes. The show. Chipotle. Chipotle. Uh, Chipotle is a good prediction. It's a good prediction. Uh, the other guys that he predicted uh, are the three guys most likely to be on the Red Sox radar as far as re-signing guys. Uh, he predicts Nate Eovaldi at three years, $16 million per, $48 million total. Uh, Craig Kimbrell at four years, $14 million, $56 million total. And Kelly at three years, eight million per, twenty-four million total. Um, out of these three guys, who gets more? Who gets less? Who stays? Who goes? We're gonna go Brian first on Eovaldi, then Matt. I mean, I think Eovaldi is probably the biggest ticket item, and what the Red Sox do or do not do with him since like it's all relative amounts of money we're dealing with. I don't think we think we're going after Harper or anything like that. So this is the money they're spending. Um, I think that uh, they don't end up with Eovaldi. Um, I know you asked some long question, but on Eovaldi, that's, that's my, um, that's my take. Hashtag Do you think he gets more or less than that $48 million figure over three years? More. All right, Matt, Ivaldi, more or less, they go. More and he's gone. More and he's gone. How much more do you guys think he's going to get? Not, a Not much. Something in the 50s. Not much. But... Four years, maybe, around the same, same AAV, or if it's three, it's going to be Four years like... in, in this contract environment? That's He's that's... younger. I wouldn't... I... Yeah, he's younger. He's hurt three quarters yeah. of the time. All of the rumor 
people are saying that like everybody's in on him. I don't know. I don't know how much he can buy into that, but I think he's. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he got four years. I'll say that. At least like an option or something. I'm gonna go stay, and I'm gonna go three and fifty-four. I think the Red Sox pay him eighteen million per to stay for a higher money deal. I wouldn't hate it. No. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, uh, Matt, we'll go with you first here. Uh, four and fifty-six. Does he stay or go? Does he get more or less? Uh, I think he's staying. Uh, what was it? Four and fifty-six. So fourteen million per. I think he's staying for three years. Higher AV, like sixteen, seventeen per. So pretty much the Yavaldi deal, like three and forty-eight. I guess, yeah, sure. Um, I'm probably with Matt, but Jake, that is a very, very, very delicious uh, fake contract. I, I like that one quite a bit. The Yavaldi um, one or the Kimbrel one? The Kimbrel one. Mm. So I think that he is. Yeah, I'll say stay, but a three-year deal, a little bit less than that, but not, you know, one year's less. I'm going to say go here, and partially because Alex Spear thinks he's going to go. And whatever Alex Spear thinks, I tend to agree with, because uh, he's smart. What about uh, his prospect or anything? Yeah, definitely I don't agree with that. Not everything. Um, and I'm going to say he gets less, actually. I think he's going to get four in, like, 54, 50, 50. That's the same. That's a push. Yeah, I oh, mean... Real, 50 is less, but 54 is a push. Yeah, I think he's he's going to get, like, basically this contract, but I think he gets it from someone else, like the Phillies or the Braves or something like that. We basically just believe there's a bigger point of emphasis on that than um, on the closer because it's basically we're talking... Very similar numbers for the two guys. Yeah. For who? Kimbrell and Evaldi. Oh, yeah, contract I, numbers? Yeah. Well, I, okay. I think with Big Sale fun. being up next year and Porcello being up next year, that they care more about locking up a starter than they do about getting Kimbrell back. I think they're terrified of Evaldi's arm. But maybe yeah. it's just that I'm terrified of his arm. <laughs> What more could you ever want to get out of Vivaldi? Like it just feels really shitty to say it out loud. Yeah, he gave but, everything. Yeah, but I agree with you. It just kind of sucks. All right, Joe Kelly, last one here. Uh, his contract three and twenty-four. Stay or go, more or less, Brian. Um, I will say less. And go. Wow, you were on the stay train with him before. Surprise! What I was, you, uh, I was, but I, I was, but I feel like out of all the people we've talked about, and like, is there a World Series, like, bonus for anyone? Like, Ivaldi at least is capable of like a. The excellence he showed is tremendous, and same with Kelly, but. He's also a reliever, and like they, that's his job. He should do that. So I think that somebody thinks that, oh, he's just going to do that shit all the time, and they will uh, 
pay him and then they will learn what we learn. And I feel like if anyone, as opposed to Pierce, where we are like, of course, Pierce is going to stay in Boston. Like, why wouldn't you? If anyone's yeah. going to take the money, Joe Kelly, I'll, I'll take the money. I'm out of here. Like, I think he likes Boston, but if, if, uh, if they're going to pay you, let them pay you. Im Imho. Um, where but are I you still think he gets time? less than that. I still think he gets less than that. I just think that um, uh, he gets even less than that from the Sox. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I don't think there's any way he gets three years. Um, and I don't think – I would be pretty surprised if the Red Sox kept him. The Red Sox have seen enough – of Joe Kelly to know that you can't pay for what he did in the playoffs. And I think some other team is going to pay for what he did in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm going to go, go and I'm going to go more. I think more that, that would be bananas. Yeah. I think that there's a team that's going to do it because oh, of it's how gonna be the Mets. enticing it's gonna be big signing. the stuff is, I think that some team will pay for the stuff. Someone's See, I think that's the Evaldi case. I think that's the Evaldi case because stuff as a reliever is fine. Stuff as a starter is something totally different. But, I mean, you could be right, but that's that's my hashtag. Yeah, it's interesting. These are going to be the guys we monitor. So uh, let's get to our listener questions. First one comes from Keaton Oaks DeRocher. He says, Never heard of this guy. Where did this guy come from? This guy, this guy right here, he this says, where and when will Chavis Bebe be playing for the Sox? Matt, what do you think? Where and when? Next year, off the bench. Okay. Brian. Yeah, same. I'm going to go this year at second base. Oh, oh you know, I think he'll craziness. Sorry, what is next year and what is this year? Uh, 2019. I hate this time on the calendar because I never know what to say. <laughs> so you yeah, think so I, this year? 2019. 2019. He okay. will make his debut, and he will not be an everyday player. No. I mean, he will be in the future, but not this year. Okay. In what position? I mean, DH, first base, third base, maybe some second, although I don't really buy that he can play second. Brian, Wherever you can hit. You think? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so I'm going to say that he's playing mostly at second and first. I don't think he stays at third when he comes up. And I think he's coming up this year. Uh, next one, Chapton America. He well, says, Jake, did you just answer your own Quiro's question? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you had one choice, what big move outside of re-signing guys from last year do you make? Uh, for me, it's pretty clear. I'm with the Yasmani Grandal. That's who I'd like them to add. Evaldi and Grandal call it an offseason. I mean, I prefer Patrick Corbin to call it an offseason, but if we, you know, we have a... Syndergaard. Oh, I mean, yes, obviously that's... Devers. Go into the yeah, you would trade Devers? Oh, now I forgot. Syndergaard? I would. I've been thinking about this for the last few days. I don't hate I that. I would do it. Yeah, that's. I don't. It's not going to happen. But that would be. I mean, terrific. you say it's not going to happen, but the Mets do like they're the oh, team I, that 
does this. I wouldn't be. I don't think. I think Dave Dabrowski is obsessed with Rafael Devers. He could have traded him many times over the last couple of years. But I would do it. Brian, you got a big move in there? No, I mean, I, I, I just, I tend to, um, look, I know that Don Bull loves making big moves. Everybody knows Don Bull loves making big moves. But I do think that um, he, I mean, you know what I was going to say, the moves he makes tend to be moves that are like out there for anyone to do and he ends up doing them. And this is that. Yeah, it this, this really feels like is. the sale thing. It really does. Except for it's like, I think it's as obviously um, out there as the sale thing. I don't think there's the same desperation that there was when Sale was out there, though. The I mean, the Mets should won. trade him. I wouldn't be surprised if they do, but it would be dumb. But it is yeah, dumb. I mean, the the, uh, the White Sox were like big white flag, which yeah. is, you know. The Mets shouldn't be doing that. The Mets, the Mets are like four players away from being. Yeah, they're not, they're not a bad team. Yeah, they it, well, it's just. Team. Health, health dependent with the Mets, yeah, but that's much. like perpetual, right? That's an evergreen statement. Yeah. Uh, next one comes from Ayush, and we actually have two questions on uh, Andrew Benintendi. Ayush asks, is Andrew Benintendi the most underrated player in MLB? And Mike Toomey asks a follow-up. He said, is Benintendi everything we were told Trot Nixon would be? Uh, We've Matt, had that second first. question before. We I know have. for a fact we have had that we second have question had that before. exact question. So I'm going to ignore that one. Because it's just, my answer is the same as last one. I don't know. I don't remember what we told Texas was going to be. Yeah, we definitely tackled that uh, for a while. No, Andrew Benintendi's not the most underrated player in baseball. He's pretty uh, who is the most underrated player in baseball? Uh, it's I don't think the most underrated player in baseball could possibly be on the Red Sox. That's not I what know. I said, Matt. I said, who is the most underrated oh. player? Uh, I don't know. I hate well, these questions. How can you say that he is not? I don't know. Booyah. If you're asking if somebody is the most underrated player in baseball, he's not underrated. That's just one of those things. Yes, it is. Uh, Anthony Rendon. But Paul now he's DeYoung. Not ooh, ooh. Solid answer. Paul DeYoung. I don't know. Who? No, Jake. Throw Adam Ogino. Don't, don't, don't mess with what works. <laughs> All right, next one here, uh, Vance Mack. He asks us, he says, Love Valdi. I may be in love with him. Don't tell me what my wife, but he pitched himself into a bidding war for sure. Given injury history, do you pay him like an answer? Politely walk away from him wishing him the best unless he goes to the Yankees. Uh, I just want to reiterate here because we did tackle this, but definitely not paying him like an ace. No one's going to pay him like an ace because everybody's afraid of that arm. He's not going to get the length or the AAV. He's ace. also never pitched like an ace other than the playoffs. But. Yeah, he's just not an ace. Uh, other than a game where he didn't pitch until the, what, 10th inning? 9th inning? Right. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but also the other games, obviously, against the Yankees. Well, no, he was great against the Yankees in the regular which is good match. Yes. Be fair, be fair. Yeah, Title Town Sports asks another follow-up to this. He says... 
World Series titles require taking some risks the second time around. Evaldi and Miller are those risks. Pick them up. Move Kelly to the closer position. Thoughts? Uh, I don't like Kelly at the closer position. Matt, I, would, I know you're not sold on Miller. I would, I would die if Joe Kelly was the closer. Yeah, um, imagine that for an entire year. You have Matt Barnes and Ryan Brazier. There's no way that Joe Kelly would be the closer. Um, Miller? Is that Andrew Miller? Andrew Miller, the guy you hate now. I don't hate Andrew Miller. You think he sucks. You think he's done. Stick a fork in him. Yeah, I don't hate him, though. I wouldn't sign Andrew Miller. I will say that. Um, Alex Spear wrote the Matt Barnes closer article today. So I wrote the Matt Barnes closer article in August. Oh, shots Literally. fired across the broad Nobody's side taking of Alex Matt Barnes Spear. Jake, what did Alex Spear have for breakfast? Uh, granola, granola and yogurt, Greek yogurt. Granola flavored. I mean, he probably goes to Starbucks, and I, you know what? We're not gonna hit him. So. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. Next one. Nathan Middleton asks, should we sign Harper? Yes. No. Ugh. Yeah, I'm into it. It's price Harper. Pepsi Cat, or something like that. Pepsi Cat. Pepsi Cat. We don't have to go get into it. Uh, Says your top offer for Mookie, and who do you look to trade him to if he refuses it and walk for nothing? I'm never trading Mookie. My top offer to him is five hundred million (laughs) dollars. Yeah, I mean, if you're asking my top offer, it's a plank check. (laughs) Have him make out whatever he thinks is fair. He'd probably be responsible about it. Uh, no, he wouldn't. But, yeah, no, I don't know what my top offer would be, but um, if he didn't want to sign an extension, there's no way you trade him. That's absurd. Keep Mookie Betts as long as you possibly can. I mean, also, he... Like, he, he's going to play it the whole time um, like he is what he is. Like the Red Sox, my guess is that all things being equal, he would prefer to play for the Red Sox. But he is arguably the best player in baseball, and he knows it. Um, so I think that as like if the Angels can resign Trout, the Red Sox can resign uh, Mookie Betts. Whatever Bryce Harper gets this offseason, add fifty million dollars to it, and that's what Mookie Betts will get. From the Red Sox when he's up. Oh, at least. Yeah. But that means Xander's gone, right? No, they're gonna pay Xander and they're gonna let everyone else walk. You think? I do. I do. I think they're gonna mm-hmm. keep Xander because I think he'll he'll demand a, a deal that's like one fifty ish, one seventy five ish. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, it obviously depends on what he does this year, but if he plays well, he's getting two hundred. Still think you keep him. I, I mean, look, I say keep everyone, but I'm not. It's not my checkbook. Listen, Brian, I'm not ready to come to terms with a Xanderless Red Sox team. I'm like really not even close to talking about it at this point. So I am not gonna, because that hurts, hurts me, hurts me deep. All right, that's it for this podcast. Uh, we'll be with you bi-weekly uh, as we go forward. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. 
uh, at Matt Collins, Matt R Y Collins. You can follow Brian on Twitter at, at Brian Joiner, Brian with a Y, Joiner with an I. You can follow the Over the Monster account at, at Over the Monster, and you can follow me at, at Dev Jake. I almost forgot my own Twitter handle there. Um, and then, if you like the show, you can go ahead and rate and review us. Um, give us a five star rating. We appreciate those. And you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. And we'll be with you next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jake.